Good afternoon and welcome to this week's Scots in Us podcast. We're very honoured to be joined this week by Chris Thompson, who is the Scottish Affairs Councillor to the United States, our most important Scottish diplomat here in America. Prior to Chris's move to the United States, he spent a number of years in the economic development for the Scottish Government in Scotland most recently as the head of mission looking to make the River Clyde and its immediate environs an engine of sustainability. The environment is very important, not only to Scotland, but to Chris. And so we we're going to speak to him around that as well this afternoon. And so now join me in conversation with Chris Thompson. Good morning, Chris, and thank you for joining us today for the Scots in Us podcast. Uh, you joined us in the United States at the most difficult of times last October, as we were still struggling through the pandemic. Um, it was a very strange introduction to all of us here. It was, yeah. It was a, a really funny time to move halfway across the world. Uh, I was lucky in that around that time things were beginning to open up. It was a bit more open than, than in some of the, the, the darkest days of the, the pandemic. And in October, we had a couple of opportunities to meet in person, which was fantastic. Uh, I got up to New York to, to see people, uh, but then we went back again into quite a serious lockdown after that. And it impacted a lot of that sort of introduction and that lovely in-person work that you, you look forward to doing when you get to, to move to a place like the US. Uh, so it's been difficult, but we've seen things open up again in the last few months. And to, to quote the British ambassador in, in the US, she always talks about diplomacy being a contact sport. And I think that's really important. And it's been great for me and for my team to be able to get out and spend time with amazing groups like yours over the last few months. Well, you haven't stopped. You know, Omicron, as you say, sort of put a bit of a, a damper on things. But whenever I call you into your office, you're always around and away. So what are a few of the things you've been doing in the last few months since things have begun to open up? So yeah, you're right, Camilla. It's been incredibly busy. Uh, uh, my, my little team has been run off their feet. Uh, from we managed to do a couple of St Andrews and, and sort of tartan balls towards the end of the year when we had that little window that I referred to earlier, uh, and then when we came out of the the sort of really tight lockdown around the end of January, we managed to start doing some Burns Night activity. I think I did five or six different Burns Nights, uh, including a fantastic American Scottish Foundation Burns Night in, in New York, uh, which was brilliant. We had a digital offering for Burns as well. Uh, we, which was great, the Burns Distilled uh, event. Then we had Tartan Week, uh, which obviously you were a huge part of as well. Uh, not only in New York, where it's at this sort of zenith in New York, I think, the Tartan Week activity, but we had Tartan Day activity in DC. We were supporting activity in other parts of the US, including in, in Texas as well. So that was that's a huge bit of work for us. At the time, we also had our Cabinet Secretary for Constitution external affairs and culture, uh, Angus Roberts, an MSP in the country. So we had a huge amount of engagement for him with politicians, with businesses, with the ASPRO groups, uh, with arts and culture. So that was great. And then, of course, we had the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, here as well. So we have been really, really busy. In the meantime, 
our business as usual includes doing work to support veterans, to support the arts and culture, and we've had events here in DC and elsewhere. And we have got the Queen's Platinum Jubilee events in DC coming up next week. Ooh, Most other um, people had theirs earlier. Yes, we. I, I was, as an outlier, have got there. I was up several up in New York the other week with the consulate and things. But Chris, you are head of the Scottish Affairs. Your Scottish Affairs Councillor for the United States. You're the most senior Scottish um, diplomat we have here. And so there must be a very large goals and um, a, and a focus on certain things at this time that you're concentrating on. Could you share with us a little bit your main goals over here at this time? Of course, yeah. I, we've actually just gone through a really interesting process of working with partner organisations from Scotland who work in the US. So Scottish Development International, who are our business arm and Visit Scotland and Creative Scotland to talk about what their priorities is, are as well and try and shape them up together. So perfect time for to be asking me that question. Um, really, we've got a few key points we want to work on. We want to make our networks bigger, more active, more diverse. Uh, that means on Capitol Hill with our caucus, but also means working with our diaspora as well to offer support, working with alumni from Scottish universities in the US, for me, the future of Scotland in the US is a better reflection of what Scotland looks like now and an active group who are able to support Scotland's interests, whether that's culture and arts, whether it's business, tourism, whether it's heritage. Our diaspora groups are really key to that. And, uh, you know, I was really impressed when I was at the, the American Scottish Foundation Burn Supper in New York at how widely you'd opened your arms to, to the wider community. And I thought that was really impressive and really the right way we want to take things. So I'm very grateful for you to, to, able to, to be able to help with that. We also want to support the story of Scotland's just transition, which is our move from a heavily carbon dependent economy, lots of oil and gas, uh, to an economy where we are moving to net zero. And of, Scot of course, Scotland has the world's most ambitious legal targets for moving to net zero by 2045. If a wee country like Scotland can do this, then there's evidence that everyone else can do it. We're not going to shift the dial by ourselves because we don't have a huge amount of the world's emissions, but I think we can show other people how to do it. And I think we want to offer that expertise and that influence. And also think about that can support investments in Scotland or Scottish companies uh, acting in the US and make, supporting that green transition. Lastly, a couple of points. We have an outstanding culture and higher education offered in Scotland. That has always been a core part of what, what this office has done in the US, been a core part of our relationship with our diaspora. We're very keen to continue to promote that. We've got some of the best universities in the world. We've got one of the best educated populations in the world. And Scotland isn't just a destination for you know a brilliant one year of your undergrad. It's actually a destination to think about research and innovation and what you can do with the rest of your career and what you can do with your business career. Um, yeah. So there's a big crossover there with, with what that means for businesses coming into the US as well. And we're working really closely with SDI to talk about how we talk about that with renewable energy, especially with the Scotland offshore leasing project just having closed. And other things where people don't necessarily associate with Scotland, like our space industry. And a lot of people don't understand that Scotland's actually a centre for small satellites. And we're in the process of creating four launch facilities in Scotland as well. So there's lots and lots and lots to do. 
Well, we're, we're really in one of the things that has come out of um, the pandemic for us is our biweekly um, podcasts and uh, Zooms and also our bulletins, which are to share the stories of Scotland. And people love to yeah. want to hear of all this news and all that is going on. So we are delighted that we can work closely with your office to hear all this and to amplify it to the diaspora. Um, because that's something that you really want us to do is to share all that information in the best ways we can. Absolutely. And I'm a subscriber to your emails and to your, your podcast, Camilla. I'm, I am a fan. Uh, and I think it's, it's hugely important to get the message out about, about the, the twin things of celebrating Scottish culture and heritage and where we've come from, but also talking about where we're going as well, because I think that's really exciting. Well, um, also, you know, when you talked about um, energy and all that you were doing, the fact that COP26 took place in the middle of a pandemic and was such a huge success and put such a focus onto Scottish environmental policies was fantastic. And um, I mean, I, we've just been um, using the recordings we had from 2021 to amplify what we're going to be doing for the Scottish North American Community Conference. And I think to replay and to reuse some of those wonderful COP26 moments would be a way to refocus again um, and speak to all that you're doing now. Yeah, I think we've definitely taken a conscious decision to try and build on what happened at COP26. We had the biggest US delegation ever in the UK, never mind just in Scotland. We had more engagement with senior US politicians in two weeks than we would have had in 10 years uh, because COP26, particularly COP26, was such a big deal. It should be a turning point uh, for the planet. And we were able to showcase not just our environmental policy, but I know that a lot of US politicians were really excited to see what we've been able to do. And we've been able to leverage that into discussions here in the US, but also talk about our innovation Secretary for Agriculture to visit a vertical farming facility in Scotland and said this is what the future of agriculture looks like. Uh, you can use vegetables uh, rather than having to use farmland out and then shipping things out from other countries. We were hugely impressed with that. And uh, so um, there are a number of areas I think that we were able to also, as we've been, um, we've done a series with the museums um, around the cities and their capital improvement projects and um, the environmental aspect of it and the carbon neutrality that they're trying to do. And um, the, the, you know, Visit Scotland's project right now for responsible tourism are incredibly important to all these things. But I'm so um, I find it wonderful to see Scotland's giving so much emphasis to the arts, culture, heritage of these towns. Paisley, a $200 million uh, capital improvement, with the anchor being the Paisley Museum, or Inverness with the castle and the Highland project that's going on there. Um, it, it's really been wonderful. It's wonderful to see, and we're enjoying doing this whole series of visiting towns that have been opening up. We just did one with Edinburgh with the Treasures Gallery and with Glasgow with Burrell. 
um, it's it's endless and it's wonderful for us as uh, you know visiting <laughs> Scottish Americans to be able to know that this is is waiting for us back in Scotland. Yeah, and I'm I'm back in Scotland in September, and the last time I got to visit the borough was was before it was refurbished. It's on my to-do list when I go back because it's such a spectacular, beautiful place. And I think you're right to highlight the work that's being done, particularly in places. So Paisley is adjacent to Glasgow. I would always tell you this. You know, people from Paisley will always tell you that they're separate. Uh, they're not. They're not quite in Glasgow. Uh, but when you go out to other other areas, you go out to Inverness, these sort of more rural areas, the culture, heritage and arts act as anchors for the communities because they're, they're high quality jobs where people can be proud of where they come from. And in Scotland has many of the same issues as rural parts of the US where people leave to go to big cities and you experience depopulation and that creates a, a really negative cycle. In places where we want people to remain, we want them to live thriving, happy, exciting lives. So having these institutions, these arts and culture institutions, which have high quality jobs, anchor people in that community and help sustain them there as well. So it's not just a nice to have for, for tourists to come and see, it's actually an, it's an integral part of, of the economy and something that I would encourage people to engage with. So we're looking forward to working uh, with you um, and your team is so involved. Um, you punch way above the amount of people that are there, like all of us. Um, and we're looking forward to the 25th anniversary of Tartan, week, Tartan Day and the week of activities that will happen all over the United States next year. But I hope we catch up with you again soon um, to carry on the conversation and discuss um, all that is going on. Absolutely, Camilla, really looking forward to it. Already thinking of next year. <laughs> yes, we've already started the planning. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you very much, Camilla. Always a pleasure.